At Brownberry Organic, we know that when we take care of the earth, the earth also takes care of us. You'd be surprised by our environmentally friendly way of baking breads. Our ingredients are farmed for strict USDA organic standards that make the soil richer and promote biodiversity. Our bakeries are powered by renewable wind energy, and we donate 1% of our revenues to environmental causes as members of 1% for the planet, so that future generations can flourish too. Brownberry Organic Bread, great taste that's sustainably baked. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to change the landscape of podcasting as you know it in professional wrestling. This is the Game Changer Podcast. Featuring the greatest asset to come out of Canada, the legendary Mr. Fritz. as well as featuring yours truly, the game changer, Nate the Effin' Great. Change the game one day at a time. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're ready, let's do this. What's going on, guys? This is Zach, your host of the Young Lions Perspective Podcast. And you, yeah, you, are listening to the Game Changer Podcast on Wrestle Addict Radio. I'm not going to lie, you guys. Feeling that live was something else. And if you've gotten onto my YouTube page, you definitely have heard the reaction of the new AEW World Champion, John Mother Effin Moxley. Welcome to the Game Changer Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I am indeed Nate the Effin Great, the man celebrating five 
years of podcasting, five years of absolute amazingness. And I'm so excited to talk to you guys about the journey throughout these next two months. It's going to be absolutely awesome. And I cannot think of a better person to join me when I'm talking about this journey than the one and only Canada's own Mr. MJ Mother Effin Press. Cody. You know? Oh, yes. It is me. It is LJF, the legendary JF, Mr. Fretz, MJF's, oh, I don't want to say number one fan. There's probably other people that would. I, th- I think Maria might contest you. <laughs> Who would? I-, I think my friend Maria Rose might contest you. <laughs> oh, yes. I think I think I know she is. Anyways, yes, Mr. Fretz, Canada's. One millionth favorite son at the legendary JF on all social media platforms. Right here on Russell Attic Radio. As I sit here with the replay of Revolution, just uh, in my peripheral vision, watching Jake Hager and Dustin Rhodes. Oh God! With yeah, I'll take a we'll take a screenshot of this, folks. But I'm wearing a douchey scarf in <laughs> honor of of the man himself. In all honesty, dude. As much as I hate the, hate the man, he is very, very talented in the ring. He's very gifted outside of the ring. He's gifted on the mic. He's just one of those guys who is absolutely just... <sighs> yeah. I mean, I'm just... I've already given enough credit to him as is, so... I'm just going to leave it at that. God, I have to look at that all, all the other deal. While he's kissing his pinky with his douchey scarf, I wear my AEW Revolution t-shirt. Uh, guys, we will be trying to talk as much as we can about AEW Revolution because I was there that weekend and I actually do have a couple of stories from that. But we'll get into that a little bit later on. Uh, but we've been building this up for a week now and it's finally that time that we talk war. Not war games because that would be William Regal and I think we would have to pay him to do that kind of deal, you know, to have him say warfare. Uh Surprisingly enough, he's not on Cameo, which kind of bums me out, because this would have been the perfect time to actually have like a Cameo deal where he just says Warfare. Um, but, speaking of Cameo, I think that before... No, we'll, I'll say that for later on. Uh, Fantasy Warfare, WrestleMania edition. It is indeed me, Mr. Nate the Effing Great, versus Mr. MJ Fretz. So, we actually took the time to book the entire WrestleMania card from top... To bottom, we are excluding NXT because honestly, I think that both of us can agree with the fact that they do a pretty damn good job booking that stuff anyway. So we're not too worried about that. We are worried about WrestleMania, especially considering the fact that one of the matches is two guys who have a same finishing move, and the rematch that is probably six years too late. <sighs> but we're gonna see if we can do better than that, and guys. If you want to be a part of this, by all means, go over to the Wrestle Attic Radio Twitter feed. There will be a poll up there voting to which you think did a better job. Whether it was Mr. Fretz or myself, definitely show no bias. Although, if you are from Canada and somehow you win because, because of the Canadian influence, I will call shenanigans. But, maybe not. So, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Fretz will be kicking off this Fantasy Warfare. Mr. Fretz, the floor is yours, my good sir. Take it away. How would you book this year's WrestleMania? 
So right away, I am getting all of the IRL prob- slash probably IRL matches out of the way. Or, or, or say the ones that I'd rather keep, like Drew and Brock for the title. Keeping that. Uh, of course, I'll have Drew go over. Are, are we going results or just card two? Uh, we're doing results as well. Okay, good. So, of course, Drew wins. I'll put uh, Edge and Orton in a street fight, which I think there's going to be a stipulation match at, at the show. Uh, it's all but confirmed based on what happened on, on Raw this week with, uh, with Beth Phoenix. Let's see, uh, Becky and Shayna is a formality because, you know, apparently we have a pay-per-view this Sunday of Elimination Chamber Pot. Uh, don't know why, but anyways, and then we have the, the two standards for, for the pre-show, but I'm going to put a twist on them, and there are our Battle Royals. Okay. First off, the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal is just going to be as is. However... Because we have a recent new championship in the WWE, the 24-7 title rule, or title itself, will be in effect. Now, how, how would this work with it being about a royal? Well, once everyone's eliminated, the match is over. But if you're eliminated, and let's just say, who's the champion right now? Uh, Riddick Moss. Let's say Mojo Raleigh eliminates him from the match. Riddick Moss is on the outside of the ring, and his title can still be on the line if there's people still in the ring. Okay. Now, I, I, th- I thought of this, and now that it's coming out of my mouth, it's sounding kind of odd, but I am going to put the title on the line in this match somehow. Okay. Maybe, maybe not to the extent of uh, a pay-per-view I'm reviewing later this month in the 20 Bell Salute Cheap Plug, WrestleMania 2000. Where they had that fifteen minute twenty four seven hardcore title yeah. match where all the pinfalls count in fifteen minutes and shenanigans. So yeah, this is how yeah that, that's how I'll do it. Twenty four seven rule is in effect, but the last person in the ring at the end of the match will be the champion. Okay, but the champion can. No, wait, you know what? Pinfalls on the outside of the ring won't count because that's just going to be a big clusterfuck. Now that I say that out loud, it's like, okay, let's try to not make this title as convoluted as it already is. The Women's Battle Royal, the redacted name Memorial Battle Royal, uh, honestly, I would rather just call it like the Sherry Mark, like because we have the Mae Young Classic, call this the Sherry, the Sensational Sherry Memorial Battle Royal. Okay. And this will determine the number one contender to the women's championship, kind of along the lines of how they do money in the bank. Whichever star wins that battle royal gets a title shot of their choosing, let's just say, what backsplash, whatever the next pay-per-view is in the end of April. They did that at WrestleMania before with the inaugural ladder match with Edge Christian and the Dudleys at 2000. So that's how I'll do that one. Uh, although this match isn't really signed, all the signs lately have been pointing to it, but maybe because of her recent injury, it's not. But in this universe, uh, there was no injuries. Uh, a certain championship didn't change hands <sighs> recently, and because I mentioned it, 
Uh oh. Oh, I needed to take a shot. Yeah, literally. Wayne Gretzky's whiskey. Drink it. Really good. <laughs> I think that might have been our first actual shot on this podcast. So Mazel tough to you, man. Oh no, I've opened beer. I opened beers on this podcast on the on the regular. Well, I no, no. I mean, like you know, actual shots of whiskey or hard liquor or stuff like that. That's I think it's the first time we've ever had a shot documented on this podcast. So hey, first time ever. Only here on the Game Changer podcast. Anyway, continue. Yeah, so before the alcohol kills the remaining brain cell in my head, (laughs) Bailey and Sasha Banks for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sasha Banks went down with an injury. She took some time off to record with cousin Snoop Dogg uh, with some rap album. I don't know why. Like, her theme now, like, her heel theme stinks. I'm clearly not a rap guy. Uh, if you go back to WCW, I was a West Texas Rednecks fan, not a Filthy Animals fan. Uh, Mance, you'll get that one. Shout out to Mance. But by the way, his rant after Super Letdown. Oh my gosh, are you okay, Mance? Seriously, <laughs> love you, buddy. <laughs> He's fine. I checked. I did. I we did message back and forth a little bit. So this will be for the SmackDown Women's Championship. This is kind of the result from there tag team dissension and them losing the tag team titles last year at Wrestlemania so this is a full circle moment no I'm not taking a shot and we had tension between them kind of being teased throughout the year and throughout the lead up to the Royal Rumble and then you know Bailey goes and wrestles a terrible match with Lacey Evans which I hope we are not getting IRL Uh, no offense to Lacey uh, that match was a botch fest she needs a little bit more seasoning to get to get better in the ring, and I and I think she can do it because she's athletic, talented. It must have been off night. So this is just the feud that we've been wanting to see for several years, leading back to like NXT. Bailey and Sasha putting on just their their wrestling clinics. Uh, of course, I would have Sasha Banks go over. I mean, I think it's time for Bailey to drop the title. She's had it since June. She's had a decent run with it. But now it's time for Sasha to have a great, uh, I guess by default, she, it could be a babyface run, but I think she should run, go for like a main roster title reign as, you know, the boss, if you will. It, it's about time. What else do I have? Yeah, Becky and Shayna was IRL. This one I might put on the pre-show, and this is going to probably take all my votes away. But Liv versus Lana in a loser leaves town match. Really? This is where you'd end it. Uh, I don't care if you have uh, Rusev and whoever else on the outside as um, you know quarter people. I just want this feud to end. I know the whole Lashley and Rusev, the whole uh, love triangle wedding bullshit has already been kind of dropped, thankfully. But but if you can leave this feud off you know what I'm changing that scratch that delete Riot Squad triple threat okay yeah Riot Squad triple threat match that's I'm just gonna leave it at that uh who would I have go over because I have a high key crush on her Sarah Logan why not I think she needs a big win as a single star but uh no, no offense to our uh fourth wall friend uh JC Bones, uh, she's she's gonna be the one to pin uh, Ruby. So 
Sorry, Bones. <laughs> Miss you. I think you also have to owe an apology to King Ricky because that's her, that's his boo. Uh, no. It's okay. <laughs> we're, 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 we're cool. We're cool. <laughs> uh, so we have on the Raw Tag Team side of things, the Street Profits going up against the AOP and the Viking Raiders in an elimination triple threat match. I, I thought about doing uh, AOP versus Viking Raiders in some kind of Viking uh, uh, lumberjack match, but because of the Street Profits recently winning the tag titles, I, I couldn't deny them a spot on this card. Uh, although I didn't write this one down, I had to remember uh, Seth versus KO. Uh, I get this will be some other kind of street fight. I hope they don't do some kind of Jesus-y, Holy Week crucifixion route, because that is just, uh, you know, as a Christian, I'm like, okay, Seth being the Monday Night Messiah and being, like, healing people and whatever, cool, it's entertainment, I'm alright with that. If you're gonna go that far, okay, guys, let's take 10% off here, uh, and KO just destroys him. Maybe there's some kind of no, I don't. There's a gauntlet later in this in this match. SmackDown Tag Team Championship, TLC, Usos, New Day, Miz Morrison. Now I don't know if the Revival are still under contract. I haven't seen them on TV in quite some time. Uh, I would put them in this match. Honestly, I would take Miz and Morrison out as tag team champions, and in my fantasy booking brain have the Revival as the current champions put them in a TLC match between the Usos and the New Day. Because mm-hmm. I think, you know, TLC is just so overdone, it's so, like, overrated that we need to just bring it back to pay-per-views and not have it as a standalone event. Like, Money in the Bank at WrestleMania was fine. TLC at WrestleMania was amazing. Like, TLC too. U.S. title. Oh, and in that match, I'll have uh, the Revival retain. Because why not? Because FTR. They'll go to AEW as the champions and throw them in the bin. No, they won't. No. <laughs> U.S. title. Mask and career versus hair. Ray versus Andrade. And Andrade wins. Ray finally retires on masks, although he did like 20 years ago. And this will be kind of like your dark horse match of the night. Intercontinental title in a gauntlet match. Braun Strowman, Sheamus, Elias, Nakamura, Cesaro, and Sami Zayn. And just because he's my boy, I'll pick Elias to win this match. Because I really want him to have a singles championship that isn't the 24-7 title. And now my final, not, well, not IRL match, The Fiend. I had to think long and hard about this one. I had The Fiend versus The Undertaker in a career versus title match initially. However, I just learned that Survivor Series this year is in Dallas, Texas. Taker's hometown. Well, Houston, but still. And I wasn't... We reviewed, I'm sorry, yeah, we reviewed 1990s from Texas, right? Uh, wait, the Tuesday in Texas, or the, uh... I think Survivor Series 90, was it in Texas? 
I don't think 90 was in Texas. Uh, anyway, I mean, I mean, it's one of those things where you could definitely look back, ladies and gentlemen. We document it. We talk about it. But, um, yeah, I don't think it was in Texas. If I had to take it like a shot in the dark, I don't think it was in Texas. Okay, it might have been Hartford. Anyways, I scratched that and I put on what we were going to get, and that's The Fiend versus Roman Reigns for the Universal title. But The Fiend just wrecks his life and goes on a year-long tear. And I said, you know, as I said, the rest of the ones are your IRL matches. And John Cena, what role does he play? He is the host, like New Day was a few years ago. Wow. Yeah, so that's that's what I could muster up. Uh, vote for me or don't. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to see how yours goes, man. All right. Um... I will, I will say this, <laughs> you definitely did have, like, the kind of vote for Pedro kind of deal going on at the end there, where it's just like, vote for me, if you vote for me, all your dreams will come through, <laughs> just something like that. Uh, I'll just give, I'll just give like, this, I definitely did enjoy a lot of what you brought to the table, you definitely did incorporate a lot of the current stuff that's going on, uh, even some things that should not have happened, which, trust me, when I did my booking... There's a couple things where it's like, okay, I'm not taking this into effect. My booking is actually more towards the fact that, you know, we said after Royal Rumble, we're writing this stuff down. So it's basically one of those things where it's like, okay, storylines are immediately happening after Royal Rumble. So title changes haven't really taken place and everything like that. So uh, that's what's kind of going through my head for that. We will get into my booking, guys, in just a bit. But first, we're going to do a quick little commercial break. We come back, like I said, it'll be time. It'll be time for me to showcase my fantasy warfare prowess. So hopefully you guys enjoy it. We'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Coda Jacobs, the crusader and visionary behind A Brighter Future in Wrestling. If you're an honorable and noble public servant like myself, you are listening to the Game Changer Podcast. What's going on, everybody? This is King Ricky Rose of the Kings of the Rings podcast. More importantly, I am your general manager here at WrestleAddict Radio. And if you like what you listen to each and every week on this podcast stream, I think you'll enjoy all the bonus content that we have on our Patreon page, where for just $5 a month, no tears, just one small payment of $5 a month, you get exclusive access to all of our bonus Patreon shows from everybody within the Wrestle Addict Radio Network. On top of that, you'll get exclusive access to us via a Patreon chat where you can talk about different ideas, different things you want to see in our shows, and potentially even be a guest on one of our shows. So that's something that you are interested in being a part of, a wrestling community that keeps wrestling real. Go to patreon.com backslash wrestleaddict radio and click subscribe. Now enjoy the rest of the show. everybody do you remember the monday night wars that you know the quote-unquote greatest time in wrestling well was it because this is wrestle wars and in wrestle wars we go and or i go willie t teaser thomas a-r-a-s-h-u-k goes down and breaks down week by week month by month pay-per-view by pay-per-view every year of the fabled Monday Night War. I was right. WWF versus WCW with the sprinkled in ECW starting in January of 1996 all the way up to March of 2001. You will get a month by month breakdown 
of who won the Monday Night Wars. What you can expect from this show, monthly scoring system. You got the mid-card, undercard, and main event. So who was actually going to win the Monday Night Wars? You have to listen and find out on our $5 Patreon page. It's only $5, guys. You can watch along with me, Willie T, and enjoy the chaos that is the Monday Night Wars on Wrestle Wars. This is your pool party captain, Randy Fitzsimmons, and you're listening to the Game Changer Podcast. Pew, pew! I think that's probably the first time I've ever seen that look on your face. The look of just utter full-on confusion. Uh, that is Battle Cry, Kenny of the Omega's theme, produced by All Elite Wrestling. Um, I actually didn't know that uh, One Winged Angel was a lyric in the song, so that was actually kind of cool to hear that. I'm like, wait, did that really? Oh, shit, it is. Holy crap, that's awesome. <laughs> you know what the finisher name's from, though? Um, Dark Angel? I believe it is from Final Fantasy VII. Oh, you know what? That actually makes sense. Because Kenny Omega is a Final Fantasy mark. <laughs> um, guys, welcome back to the Game Teacher Podcast. It's Fantasy Warfare. Mr. Fretz has given his version of how he would do WrestleMania. So now it's my turn to attempt to see if I can at least do it any justice. We're about to find out. So let's start with the pre-show, shall we, ladies and gentlemen? I decided, hey, let's make the pre-show interesting for a change. Let's have a mini-tournament to determine the undisputed tag team champions. The Raw tag team titles and the SmackDown tag team titles will be unified on this show because, for God's sakes, we don't need this many tag team championships on these two shows. We can have them float, damn it. So on the Raw end, I have the OC versus the Viking Raiders versus the Street Profits versus the Raw tag team champions. Authors of Pain. And in this match, Authors of Pain pick up the victory. They are going strong, and they are doing Seth Rollins proud. He's probably at ringside just going like, ha, ha, ha. Something like that. Whatever Seth Rollins' laugh is. Uh, on the SmackDown side, we have another Fatal 4-Way matchup, which includes The Revival, Heavy Machinery, The Usos, and the Tag Team Champions, The New Day. And in this matchup, I actually have... Heavy machinery going over in this matchup. So the finals will be put as the main event for the for the pre-show. Heavy machinery versus AOP. But to kind of give people just a little bit of a small chance just to breathe a little bit. I debated on this. And I made this decision because I think that these two, that the matches should be at WrestleMania. 
The, pre the breather between these matches and the finals is going to be for the Intercontinental Championship. The champion, Shinsuke Nakamura versus Sami Zayn. I know a lot of people are already going to be pissed off about that, but you need to have something that a lot of people will actually give a damn about on the pre-show. And let's face it, people want to see Nakamura and Sami Zayn go at it again very soon. So, obviously, Shinsuke gets the title, has the title, and it's an easy deal for Sami Zayn to tur turn face because it's like, I've done everything for you. And Nakamura's like, you did nothing for me. I did this all by myself. Mm -hmm. So, turns on Sami, and we get the matchup here. In this matchup, Shinsuke Nakamura, by Dirty Tactics, referee's back turned, low blow, Kinshasa, retains the championship. Further down the line, Sami Zayn will get his win back. But for right now, Sami Zayn is just coming back. He's a little inexperienced. You kind of have to get, give you know, Nakamura a little bit more legitimacy as a champion. So we go into the main event of the tag team title unification match. AOP, Heavy Machinery. And guess what, guys? The cool thing about this is that it's been a long time since we've seen these two teams battle each other. Probably NXT. And in all honesty... I think they could put on a really good matchup. And in this matchup, the one, the lovely Mandy Rose comes down to ringside and Otis is just literally on his, you know, just last deal. We don't get Otis versus Dolph Ziggler at WrestleMania. You do not deserve that matchup. We put that on Elimination Chamber, have that be a one-and-done deal. Boom, it's done. So Otis has won the girl, blah, blah, blah. So Mandy, she comes down to ringside. She's checking on Otis. Otis is feeling weak. And th at this moment, this is where Mandy expresses his, her love for Otis and seals it with a kiss. This powers up Otis. He is literally just being, like, shaky. He's just doing his deal. He's Otising up. And he's like, I'm coming! He helps. He beats down AOP in the end. Heavy machinery with the finish. One, two, three. Heavy machinery unify the tag team titles, and they are the tag team champions. Because in all honesty, guys, Heavy Machinery has been here for so freaking long, and Otis is finally getting some momentum back, which also means that Tucky's going to be building on that wave of momentum. So why not capitalize on that? Why not have the tag team titles be unified and that have this happen? All right, main show. Oh, God, so much Erdman. This is going to suck. First matchup on the card is the Women's Battle Royal, which I am dubbing the China Memorial Battle Royal. Because for God's sakes, if anybody was a game changer in the women's division, it was China, and any woman who wins this battle royal should feel like a game changer. And this might be a bit of a controversial pick, but I have winning this matchup, Beth Phoenix. Because I believe that she could have a great WrestleMania moment, which she really hasn't gotten, unless somebody's going to say, well, what about that tag team match at WrestleMania 24? Shut up. Nobody likes to talk about that match, Okay. Um, so I would actually have her win this matchup, and she is very determined that she thinks that she could get one more run as women's champion. Which one? Well, maybe we'll have that answered at the end of the night. All right, so next we have the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Yes, we're getting those battle royals out of the way, because you know something? You guys don't want to see that. You want to see some nice, high-quality action. So in this matchup... I was originally going to have Braun Strowman win this because, hey, he's a big dude. He could be the guy who, you know, challenges for the championship later on down the road and blah, blah, blah. But I actually went with a different route. 
I have winning this battle royal, Daniel Bryan. Because in all honesty, give him another great WrestleMania moment. And also, he's going to be challenging for a championship down the road. And that championship being the title he never lost. The Intercontinental Championship. Because for God's sakes, why wouldn't anybody want to see Nakamura versus Bryan? Or Bryan versus Sami Zayn? Or all three of them together? Any combination works. We just want to see that. It would just be absolutely amazing. So I have Bryan winning the, under the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Next up is a tag team matchup. A bit of a strange Bello, uh, Bedfellows tag team match. But it's a matchup that I think would be really good because it kind of showcases what could happen in the future. I have Seth Rollins and Randy Orton taking on the team of AJ Styles and Edge. Mainly because this is going to be one of those situations where Orton and Seth, do they trust each other? Well, probably not. Edge and Styles? Well, probably not because Styles is kind of pissed at Edge for tossing him out at the Royal Rumble. But in all honesty, it still would be kind of cool. In this matchup, the final sequence is AJ Styles going for the phenomenal forearm. Randy Orton with the RKO. Edge hits the spear on Randy Orton. And Seth Rollins, he looks to hit the curb stomp. But then Seth Rollins gets thrown up into the air. Mid-air spear by Edge. One, two, three. Just like WrestleMania 31. And I actually want to do that. I want to have people talking about that deal, being like, which one was better? Was WrestleMania 31's with Randy Orton's RKO better? Or was the WrestleMania 37 6 with Edge's Spear better? Hey, we're creating some good revenue for WWE. You're welcome. Next up, we have the women's tag team titles. The Kabuki Warriors taking on the returning Iconics. For this matchup, the Kabuki Warriors have just been building momentum because of the fact that they've been challenging every single tag team to an open challenge deal. They've beaten Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss at Elimination Chamber. They beat Fire and Desire. They beat just about every single tag team that there is to beat until the go-home deal before Raw. The Iconics come back. They talk about, hey, we un- I hate, I, you know, we understand why, you know, people hated us. We didn't embrace the WWE Universe like we should have, and we are going to do that, and we're going to make another WrestleMania moment, iconic. And I would really love to have the fans do the deal where, you know, when they do the iconic pose, they just channel it with with them. It would be great. And during this matchup, you definitely see the iconics have gotten better in the ring. They've been training more. They've been given more time to actually showcase themselves. And in this matchup, Asuka sprays Miss accidentally in Kyrie Sane's face. And the... Iconics pick up the victory, and they are the first two-time women's tag team champions, because that is iconic. All right, let's go into a match that everybody would love to see. John Cena, what's he going to be doing? He's going to be wrestling Elias, or so we think. So John Cena, he comes out, and he's ready to go, and we get the whole deal where he's like, ladies and gentlemen, Elias. Nothing happens. No music, no nothing. Everybody's all thinking, well, did he miss his cue or what's going on? And the announcer goes again, ladies and gentlemen, Elias. Then we see a nice little camera, fo- a nice little fo- uh, video of Elias. He looks like he's getting on a plane, but for some reason, he's been put on a different airplane. And people are thinking, well, did somebody intentionally do that? And we find out that somebody did. We see a white glove change the tickets. And when the plane leaves, it goes to the guy with the white glove, pans over. 
it's the Velveteen Dream. Velveteen Dream, he comes out, and it's, a, and it's basically assumed that, hey, are we getting Velveteen Dream versus John Cena? You bet your ass we are. So a major swerve where people are going to be like, whoa, well, I thought we were going to get a light. Nope, he's off in like, a fr- he's off in like Rhode Island or something like that. Because <laughs> why not? Velveteen Dream did it because he knew that this was a once-in-a-lifetime deal and he wanted to be the one that creates that once-in-a-lifetime moment. And he does so by beating John Cena clean in the middle of the ring. Because that is a beautiful thing. Up next is the Raw Women's Championship. We have Becky Lynch being challenged by Shayna Baszler. This matchup is indeed as brutal as you can imagine it being. I could even incorporate a little bit of the whole Shayna biting deal, but not the whole deal where she rips off somebody's skin or something like that. That's just that was just weird. Um, but yeah, she's demonstrating this you know different raw re- brutality. And Shayna Baszler in the buildup, she's saying, "Yo, I'm not doing this just for me. I'm doing this because you did because you hurt somebody who is very close to me, and that being one of my dearest friends." Ronda Rousey. So she has extra motivation. She has extra fire going into this. Becky Lynch, she gets the arm, disarm her locked in on Shayna Baszler when all of a sudden a figure comes from the crowd. Person covered head to toe, completely in black. They jump in the ring. They are trying to get involved in the matchup and the referees are pulling this you know dark figure away. Becky Lynch is kind of distracted by this. She's kind of confused. But she takes her eye off the ball way too long. Shayna Baszler from behind locks in her submission maneuver. And Becky Lynch, she doesn't pass out. She unfortunately taps out. Shayna Baszler, with one of the most heelish ways, wins the Raw Women's Championship. The dark figure gets right back into the ring. And Shayna Baszler gets all the referees away and says, It's fine. She's with me. And and the announcer's like, She? The mask peeled off. It's Ronda Rousey. One full year after she loses the titles, one full year, she destroys Becky Lynch's deal. Alright, next up, we have the match that features The Undertaker. Now, obviously a lot of people are thinking, well, if it's not AJ Styles, who the hell is it going to be now? Undertaker, one-on-one, with Sting. I know, I know. There's a lot of people that would be really against this, but I would really want to have Sting have his moment. He says that he would come out of retirement for one more match. And to be honest, Undertaker is not one of those guys that I see intentionally trying to hurt somebody. So I think that if they plan this right, this would be really good. So Undertaker, he actually comes out at Elimination Chamber. And he is about ready to make an announcement. He puts the microphone to his hand. All of a sudden, lights go out. Crows. Lights come back on. Sting is in the middle of the ring. We get the face-off we've wanted for years since Sting came. Sting takes the baseball bat, points at the WrestleMania sign. And then Undertaker cuts his throat. He does the cutthroat deal. Match is set. Sting versus the Undertaker. And for those that are worried, it's only going to be for 10 minutes. It's not going to be anything more. This is pure nostalgia match, but it's in the best possible way. And honestly, the buildup for this is kind of interesting because I would love to have Sting and Undertaker kind of one-up each other, being like, who's going to do the mind games? Maybe Sting has this 
army of stings that surround the Undertaker, and he's trying to figure out which one's the real sting. While the real sting is up in the rafters, which would be really cool to see again, he's just watching the rafters as the chaos ensues. Undertaker, I would love to see this, because it would have to end the show. But do you remember that moment where Undertaker had the lightning hit the ring in 2006, it was? Yep, 2006. Kurt Angle was in the ring, and the ring just collapsed. We have that happen again, because that was a cool moment. In this matchup, we do get the stare-down between Sting and The Undertaker. We get Sting and Undertaker both doing dives to the outside. This would be the last time you would see The Undertaker do a dive, and I think that he could safely do that and have Sting be reliable to catch him. Uh, We see... Sting about to go for the Scorpion Deathlock. Undertaker counters. He goes for the Tombstone. Sting hits the Scorpion Death Death Drop. One, two, Taker kicks out. And this is just me. I don't know how you would do it, but I would love to see this. I would love to see Undertaker locking the Hell's Gate on Sting. And then Sting is able to somehow reverse that into the Scorpion Deathlock. That'd be a tricky move to do, but I think it's possible. But in the end, we would see uh, Sting go for the Scorpion Deathlock again. Undertaker counters, hits the Tombstone, one Tombstone. One, two, three. Undertaker picks up the victory, and we get the dream match we've always wanted. And it's not about WCW versus WWE. It's about two icons of of respected eras battling against each other. That's how you need to build it. Don't build it up again as another WCW versus WWE deal, because that's just stupid. SmackDown Women's title is up next. We have Bayley, the champion, defending against Sasha Banks and Naomi. I would actually build this up to be Bayley versus Sasha, but Naomi says, I deserve to, you know, get the opportunity. I believe that I've been working hard enough. And there are people saying, you know, you've got to kind of earn your spot. And she does so by beating Sasha Banks and Bayley in separate occasions, whether it's a singles match or in tag team action. Finally, Stephanie, she comes out and she says, Naomi, you've definitely proven yourself. You got it. You got your match. You're inserted into it. In this matchup, I would have Naomi pick up the victory and win the SmackDown Women's title. Bailey has done a pretty decent job as heel. Sasha Banks, I think she needs to start building herself up again before we get to that point. Naomi's ready, in my opinion. That is just how I see it. All right, Universal Championship matchup. We have what should be it. The Fiend, Bray Wyatt taking on Roman Reigns. And this matchup is no holds barred. Because Bray is able to make it very personal with Roman Reigns. So many people are worried. But Roman, if he beats The Fiend, he's going to get booed and it's going to be blah, 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 blah. You can make The Fiend and Bray Wyatt into a heel. You just have to do these dashly deals. Remember what Bray Wyatt was doing with The Miz? Have him do the same thing. Have him basically at least stalk Roman Reigns' kids. Have him just torture Roman Reigns' wife. Make it personal so Roman Reigns is like, uh, yeah, I'm going to freaking kill you at WrestleMania. So we have the matchup itself, and this was one of those things that was a tough decision because originally I wanted to have Roman Reigns get his big victory, get that moment where he just, you know, avenges his family and stuff and everything like that. But I didn't go with that. I instead went with the theme, Bray Wyatt, finding a way to distract Roman long enough to beat him on the grandest stage of them all, WrestleMania. 
And to be honest, Roman Reigns, he's going to get the title later on. Just not at WrestleMania. Right here, you need to continue the story between The Fiend and Roman Reigns. Don't make it predictable. Have Bray Wyatt have his WrestleMania moment. Let him have that. Up next, we have one of the co-made events. is the NXT Women's Championship. Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte. Honestly, I would keep everything that they're doing. It's been really good. As far as who wins, this is going to be a bit of a this is going to be a bit of a controversial one. I would have Charlotte win the matchup, which is going to get nuclear heat for Charlotte, and that's the point. You need to have that w- without Shayna there. They don't really have a solidified heel in NXT. Rhea Ripley, she's the top babyface, and honestly, they could have back and forth title changes between Charlotte and Rip- Ripley. That's fine. But to have that moment where Charlotte makes Rhea Ripley tap out to the figure eight, she's holding the championship. She comes out in NXT, and she is saying, The Queen has returned! And just that nuclear heat. And honestly, this would be a smooth transition to have Charlotte go back to NXT. And so we were thinking, but Charlotte is a main star. She needs to be on Raw and SmackDown. She's beaten everybody there is to beat on the two main rosters. In NXT, there's more competition for her. There's more variety for her. There's more of a chance for her to actually make new stars. Charlotte becomes that person. And to be honest, if she makes it to her 16th reign in NXT, I'm totally fine with this. I'm totally okay with that. So obviously, main event, WWE Championship, Brock Lesnar versus Drew McIntyre. And yes, one of the things I would have is to have the broken themes theme just return at WrestleMania for that brief moment where we can just have him showcasing where he's come from. Maybe he brings, and maybe he does, you know, his his classic, you know, Scottish Terminator deal, whatever theme song he does. Just have that happen. Have that be the thing. Uh, In this matchup, I would definitely have it be nothing but a brawl. These two guys are not going to have, you know, lockups and headlocks and stuff like that. No, this is going to be a straight-up fight between the two of them. Make it feel that way. Have Brock definitely do suplex after suplex after suplex, and Drew is just, you know, finding ways to just fight back. He's able to hit, you know, the Celtic cross. He's able to hit so many other moves. He's able to get Brock down to his knee with not one, not two, but three, three headbutts. It takes three headbutts to take Brock Lesnar down to his knee. And Drew McIntyre goes for the clear. Boom. One, to Brock kicks out. In this ma- matchup, we see him try to go again for it, but Brock gets up. He hits the F5. One, two, Drew McIntyre kicks out of the F5. Brock is thinking, you've got to be shitting me. So he tries to go, he even go. He even tries to do a move that he hasn't done in a while. He tries to do the Kimura lock. He tries to finish off Drew McIntyre that way, but Drew is just being resilient. He is fighting back saying, no, it's not going to happen that way. He gets out of it. Brock, he goes for another F5. Drew counters with the Future Shock DDT. And then he gets into the corner. Three, one, two, three, boom! Claymore kick. One, two, Brock kicks out. And Drew is thinking, you have got to be kidding me. What more do I have to do? He gets back into the corner. He does it again. He's going three, two, one. Second Claymore kick. One, two. Two, Brock kicks out. 
And Drew is again just thinking, what the fuck? What, the, what do I have to do? And he's thinking, you know what? I got to make this one count. I got to make it the best one. He gets back into the corner. He is just ready. He's telling Brock, get up, you SOB. Get up. I'm going to knock your head off your th- th- shoulders. Brock, he gets up. He is just stirring. He literally looks like he is just completely out of it. He's basically telling Drew, come on. Brit, Brit, is that all you got? And just to add insult to injury, flips him the double bird. And Drew is just saying, you know what? Fine. Die, beast. Die. Goes in. A thunderous third. Claymore kick to Brock. One, two, three. Drew McIntyre wins the match. And he is the WWE champion. And you can do no wrong with that. This is the shining moment for Drew McIntyre. He deserves it. He deserves the fireworks explosions. He deserves the confetti. He deserves everything that goes to him. Drew McIntyre, he's holding the WWE Championship high above his head. And in a bit of an interesting twist, I am actually just adding this right now, he goes to the center of the ring, is confronted by Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon, he gives him and applause. He claps for Drew McIntyre. He shakes his hand. They even share a little bit of an embrace. Basically, Vince McMahon saying, hey, I said a long time ago that you were the chosen one. Tonight, you proved that. Not because I said so, but because you earned it. So we have that moment where Vince raises the hand of Drew McIntyre. He leaves to let Drew McIntyre continue having a celebration. And it ends with Drew McIntyre middle of the ring, holding the title that he rightfully earned. That's the WWE Championship. So that is my fair booking for WrestleMania. Yes, it was a little bit longer, and yes, there are some things that probably people are not going to be happy about, because we need Edge and Orton singles match. The thing about it is that with that tag team match, there's so much things that you could do there. Edge versus AJ Styles, writes itself. Edge versus Orton, the piece is already there, writes itself. Edge versus Rollins. Hey, remember that remember that time where Rollins basically tried to kill him that one time? Writes itself. So that is my explanation for that. I think that having some way of, you know, dream basically stating that, hey, I'm going to create the ultimate dream, and that is my WrestleMania moment against John Cena. Makes for a great, interesting deal. The women are definitely getting more showcased on this deal. So, yeah, that is how I would book... Uh, this year's WrestleMania. We'll have to see what happens. In the words of Adam Blumpier, WWE, do it better. Your thoughts, Mr. Fretz? Wow. <laughs> I, 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 that, was, that one was awesome. <laughs> I, thought the, I thought the other show was like, I'm going to need one of these just to get through this show. <laughs> yours is better (laughs) I forgot about Charlotte Ripley but but I went with something that uh, Zach over on the uh, Young Lions perspective said uh, initially back uh, a while ago okay that that match could be on TakeOver ooh although TakeOver is a little stacked well the IRL TakeOver and what I had was basically the same. 
So it wouldn't have made a lot of sense to do so. So I, I will put Charlotte and Ripley on my main card and have actually the same as you. I'll have Charlotte win. Because who do you have as a main heel for the women's on NXT? Like, is Bianca Belair a heel? In a way she is, but people are reacting positively to her, so maybe that's what's going on. I don't know. It's it's weird. Mm-hmm. Oh, that did not go down smoothly. I'm sorry. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez, Vanessa Bourne. There's not a lot for the heel side of things on the women's on the women's roster of NXT, so... Someone like Charlotte going down and helping elevate these new stars, I think, would do wonders for the brand. And yes, it's going to get nuclear heat, but what WrestleMania doesn't have a nuclear heat moment? Like a heel turn, like the streak being broken, like... WrestleMania 2000 in general. <laughs> that wasn't that bad of a... I'm, I'm okay, in the ma- middle of that card right now. It wasn't that bad. Ma- it just had too many tag team matches. And as a bonus mm-hmm. on my 20 Bell Salute thing, I am adding a rebooking of it. That was actually one of my first podcasts ever on the WrestleMania side of things. Ooh. Was rebooking WrestleMania 2000. Because right. I thought that... It would be better. Uh, spoiler alert, there's a tag team turmoil match in there that'll just get rid of all those pesky other tag matches like Head Cheese versus TNA. Like, ugh. <laughs> uh, what else was yeah? So I, I, I was on, yeah, what WrestleMania moment has these big things full of heat? So this would be one of them. I think Charlotte would help elevate that division and Rhea will get her title back. And that, that's what I'd say. I'd I'll, I'll go be like, okay, what, take over, blah, 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 in June. Yeah. You can get have a quick title raid or even wait till SummerSlam or Survivor Series because she's a damn good heel and would be, and she'd work wonders down there. Yeah, and to be honest, you know, the, with the booking of the Iconics, you could also have a situation where, you know, the Iconics, they lose the tag team titles to somebody in NXT. Not only are those women going to get, you know, exposure on the main rosters, but they're going to be fueled up, you know, with Charlotte because I think that a lot of those heels could be really useful for Charlotte because she's going to need this, you know, protection in a way. But she's also going to be one of those people that's going to be grooming them to basically being told, you know, hey, you want to cut, you know, how do you usually cut promos? Okay, you want this, you know. I think that she could be a really good mentor for a lot of those women because she was one of those women. So it would be kind of one of those things where they could just look up to her and she could definitely give, you know, the ideas of, you know, what some people are kind of looking for, what some people kind of don't really care about. It would just be perfect. So in all honesty, I'm not saying like a four horsewoman, you know, 2.0. I would say like, you know, the like the Queen's Kingdom or something like that, where she basically is treating herself like she's a queen. Maybe she even has people take her out to the, to the ring. Oh my gosh, Queen of the Ring... Charlotte wins. Yeah, no, she she would be the one person everybody would want to see get slaughtered. Yes, do it would it. be great. I had another. What's up? I I forgot about the women's tag team championship. So I will have 
the Kabuki Warriors. Uh-huh. Let's see. I'm trying to think of... Go up against... There is a makeshift team. There is kind of... Let, let's just say you do either a tournament or a battle royal or something in NXT and NXT UK. And... Nope. The team of Nia Jax and Piper Niven. Ooh. Going up against the Kabuki Warriors. That would be crazy. Davy and Goliath, big and small. You know what? Because why not? Because that division, the tag team division on the women's doesn't make any sense. Vince doesn't care about it. And with a new team, uh, like a makeshift team, Mike Piper and Nia Jax, who is probably due back pretty soon. Yeah. I think it would help the division out because then you can get this title on all three brands like they said they would because then you'd get Vanessa Bourne and whatever her tag team partner's name is you can get people adding into the Robert Stone uh, group Uh, I would actually put in those two aforementioned ladies who would be the new champions by the way bring Nia Jax back down to NXT I think if Robert Stone wants to get a roster or a stable or a women's team going here yeah. just start throwing in some names and then that way you can get Chelsea Green some more exposure I want I kind of want to see her become the hot mess if I can be <laughs> honest hey, you never know it could possibly happen in the near future but guys we're going to take another quick commercial break when we come back we're going to be talking about the crazy weekend that was AEW Revolution but it's kind of funny you did mention uh, Mr. Robert Stone because He's going to be making a little brief cameo here on the Game Changer Podcast. So, guys, enjoy. Hey, what's up, dude? So, apologies ahead of time for the crying twins in the background, but that's what dad life is. And I appreciate you calling me a mastermind. You're probably the first person in history that's called me that. But listen, Nate, BF and great. I got to give you props. Five years. Five years is a long time as a podcaster, and you have stuck in the game. It's not you that can learn from me. It's me that can learn from you. You're the man. So keep it up. Keep podcasting alive. One day I will be back. Maybe I could be your guest one day. And, um, yeah, make sure you're following me on everything, not only Twitter and Instagram, but, you know, my Facebook pages and spread the word and share my tweets and my posts. And thanks for being a fan, bro. Robert Stone Brand. Congrats. Nate BF and great. What's going on, everybody? This is the Queen Bee, the HBIC of Wrestle Addict Radio, the Kate Murphy. Why do fools fall in love? Should I change my Tinder bio? These questions and more will all be answered on our new Patreon-exclusive show, Love and War. Watch me and King Ricky Rose tackle the questions and struggles of finding love as a wrestling fan. Love is a battlefield, and this is Love and War, exclusively on the Wrestle Addict Radio Patreon. What's up, folks? This is Mr. Fretz from the Game Changer Podcast, here to tell you about my Patreon show, The 20 Bell Salute, where I go back 20 years ago each month in wrestling and pop culture. What movies were out, what video games we were playing, what music we were downloading on Napster, and what wrestling pay-per-views took place that month in WWE and what other promotions happen to still exist at this time. So join me in my Y2K-compliant DeLorean as I go 20 years into the past on the Wrestle Addict Radio Patreon. 
join us for only five bucks a month. guys who uh he's very he's very chill in person but i'll definitely talk about that more later on welcome back guys to the game changer podcast i'm nate the effing great joined here by the legendary mr frets and of course you can follow us on our twit on our twitters at real life in game at the legendary jf and also by all means go check out uh wrestle attic radio's twitter page at attic underscore wrestle where you can see so many great tweets from people like myself like frets from our friends over at the Kings of the Rings podcast, as well as the Young Lions perspective. A lot of great people going into this network, and it's all about keeping wrestling real. It is such an amazing atmosphere, you guys. Definitely check out WrestleAttic Radio. Support us on our Patreon. It's just absolutely wonderful, and we would love to have you be a part of this journey going into the future. So, speaking of journey... Definitely a crazy journey uh, for a lot of people, including myself, this past weekend was AEW Revolution weekend, but it was also the weekend of the C2E2 comic book conference uh, convention. Definitely a lot of great things that took place there, and I did actually get a chance to do an AEW review on the uh, Wrestling Radio Twitter, and I am going to be trying to do more of those Within the future, I'll definitely be covering uh, a lot of AEW stuff, maybe some WWE stuff. I'll even talk about some of the independent stuff that's going to be taking place for you know Wisconsin uh, this weekend. It's going to be kind of crazy because ACW has a beat the clock deal going on. Uh, I'll also be going to my first WPW show in quite a while. It's under new management, so everything there should be better. But Mr. Fritz, I got to ask you, what were your overall thoughts of AEW Revolution? Well, from what I saw, because my stream kept on chopping in and out, uh, I'll admit it here, I did not pay for it this this time. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got a little bit of flack for it. Uh, a lot of people were giving, giving people flack for using streams for this web, for this event, but when WWE does an event, they're silent, so... Anyways, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get into that side of things. I've relied on streams for my wrestling since I've lived out and moved on my own because I have basic cable. I don't have a satellite dish. I don't have digital digital cable isn't available in my t- in my town yet. This is wow. 2020. We just got fiber optics and it's 80 bucks a month. Wow. 
and I don't have fiber optics for the record. So as I watch uh, MJF get suplexed on the outside in, in front of me here, <laughs> I can tell you that this event from what I saw was phenomenal. And now that I've been re-watching it while talking to you, I just noticed how, how darn good it was. The crowd was amazing. Like, And I saw your seats. They were good. I'm jealous. Uh, <laughs> funny. Zach, Zach thought I was there. But I, I, <laughs> awesome. here, here's the thing. This is going to actually be somewhat related to to the uh, to the random question. But we got dumped with snow. I'm like 50 centimeters plus overnight on Thursday last week. Like when we were supposed to go bowling, and then everything just started slowly getting canceled. All of our roads up here started closing. Uh, it was a snow day. And I came in, and I put in like 13 hours on Friday because nobody could make it. So of course I had to go up and open this, open my store, open, ca- uh, do cashier stuff. So, long story short, I couldn't have made it there. I couldn't have made it to the airport because all the county roads up in Great Bruce County, Ontario, here on sunny Sable Beach, <laughs> closed. And ironically, all of our roads are closed. The grocery store was busy as hell. <laughs> wow. Because you get because pe- you get people who are like panicking and loading up on their storm chips and their bottled water. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, side si- sideberg aside, the uh, the event was amazing. Uh, paper like AEW's best, I don't know because they've only had technically like two. Technically, two or three, but before they were promotion, you know. Right. Uh, I, I thought I thought it was just a, a darn good show. I didn't see the the dark match because I was still at work. Oh, the Dark Order versus SCU, I believe. Cause, yeah. Cause that was it, funny though. I did see it. The, the fake out when Daniels came out in like the friggin' higher powers oh, row. That was awesome. The, and the, Colcabana. Oh my gosh! And Cocabana, he signed with uh, with AEW, so that's absolutely amazing. And actually, somebody from here, they actually me- mentioned that it's going to be the first time having an AEW star in uh, ACW Wisconsin. So it's going to be kind of interesting to see how this goes down. Uh, but I love meeting up with Cocabana. He is just an absolute delight. He is entertaining. Uh, still, one of my favorite moments is when he was on the oh gosh that. Forgot what his name was. Uh, he was doing a podcast in Chicago. It was during the Starcast deal. Uh, no, it was during the, uh, the the Flip Gordon and oh god, what was his other name? Uh, oh gosh, uh, not Marty Scroll. Shoot, what was his name? I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying to remember what, what the other guy's name was. Um, it, it was during like this part, like hype party for uh, All Out, and one of the things I really enjoyed was that. During this video podcast, even though it basically was going to get turned into like an audio deal, uh, they were presented with food from these nice, wonderful people that were there. And if if you listen closely, <laughs> uh, after Cole Cabana says a lot, says a line of you know we would feel bad, we would feel bad um, eating in front eating in front of you. You'll hear this one fan going, "Take one bite." That was me. That was me saying that to Cole Cabana. <laughs> Cole's just like, I'm not, this is not, this is not a visual, this is not a video show, and it's kind of funny, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, 
you have this on video on YouTube. So, <laughs> so I try. So that was still one of my favorite moments. I might have to bring that up when I see him next time, because maybe maybe he'll give me a bionic elbow for telling him to eat take one bite. That was that's still one of my favorite Cole Cabana moments. He has a lot of other ones, and you know, I hate the fact that art wrestling is no longer a thing. It was what? yeah he. Uh, he kind of moved on from the art of wrestling. Now he's, I think, more focused on his career in uh, wrestling. So it's understandable, and I really hated that. You know, that that chapter is closed. But I understand. So, see, yeah, Coco Band is signed with AEW. And we are, we did, we did get done watching AEW Dynamite, to which we had quite a bit of a show, including Jake the effing Snake Roberts showing up on oh the show. God. That was incredible. Uh, I think I think you had the best comments when one of the chats where he said, where he said like, like like top best uh, Jake Roberts heel run nineteen ninety ninety one was it or was it? Oh no, I, I'm sorry. No, I referenced his uh, heel run from nineteen ninety one. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull something up here. But he had a he kind of went through a bit of a psychological. Uh, torment after uh, Damien got turned into Quake Burgers. Literally, that oh. that that was a segment. Uh, Earthquake uh, squashed Damien, and then the next week on Superstars, he was grilling hamburgers. He gave one to Jake. He's like, "I here have a hamburger. It's a peace offering." Takes a bite. Oh, by the way, it's it's uh, it's it's da- it's Damien. Like the whole trust me music. Nobody has a better mind in the in, for the business. Like nobody is a, has better in ring psychology than Jake the Snake Roberts. Uh, his heel run in 1991 uh, was very very short lived. It was very underrated, and MJF just pinned. Cody and I smile a bit inside. Um, <laughs> I remember. I just remember so many things happening after that moment. Um, I mean, a you called it, so you had the bragging rights for it. But you just went on a tangent after that happened when you found out that MJF pinned Cody. Uh, I think he even had like a GIF, of, or is it a GIF or just like a p- picture of that scene in South Park where. Cartman is just dr- drinking the tears of the bully, where it's like, this is... <laughs> hey, hey, tears. Yeah, that's after he cooked his parents <laughs> and served them to him for being a bully. Oh, Cartman, yeah, I'm not that twisted. No, you're, you're just twisted enough to, to suck the tears of all the Cody fans that were crying at the fact that MGF beat him. Ah, uh, soak it in. <laughs> but also because Cody's going to get his win back and I have a fan theory about that and we'll get to that later right. but Jake Snake he had these segments with uh, initially he had them with the Ultimate Warrior when Warrior was having a feud with uh, Undertaker right. and it was like taking Warrior in into like a uh, an Undertaker parlor a, a Paul Bear like a funeral parlor yeah and, yeah yeah Locking him in the thing and then digging his own grave and then showing up at SummerSlam 91 with the wedding. Like, you know, the match made in heaven and the match made in hell. Uh, good pay-per-view, by the way. Uh, Boss Man versus the Mountie. I'm going to meet the Mountie. Oh, it's going to be awesome. What? 
yeah, good pay-per-view. Tangent aside, but Jake the Snake, just, I was not expecting what came out of his mouth, and he's, like, talking about something about pulling a snake out of the ass, or, I forget what it was, but it was his best promo since the 90s. And he's like, oh, yeah, 20 years, and I've gotten clean, and, you know, clear my mind, and he's got a protege. It's going to be one of two guys. Either Brody Lee or Lance Archer. And now I'm leaning towards Brody Lee. I don't know why, but once he said that, the whole thing, he's got a protege, and maybe this person's going to be out to get Cody. My goodness. Uh, That was pure fire. It's one of those things where... It's why wrestling is amazing. Because, you know, Jake the Snake, he definitely did reference a lot of the dark demons that he had to battle in the past and everything like that. But then when he mentions he has a client that's going to be taking on Cody, even makes a Caesar reference in the entire deal. That was beautiful. This is better. Uh, Oh, I have have to pull up Twitter now, but it was something that uh, Zach... uh, once, once again, from our oh, way yeah. up, something up, he referenced Caesar, and he referenced the Ides of March. Like here, here it is. No, it's from the the crazy, crazy show on Twitter. So shout out to them. Uh, something that Zach brought up, and uh, this is some detailed goodness right here. Jake called Cody Caesar. Caesar was betrayed by the Ides of March. The Ides of March is March fifteenth. The next show is in Rochester, New York. Who is from Rochester? Well, not me. (laughs) (laughs) I want to go to, as I said, maybe next year there's going to be a show with you and I there and an in-person GCP. That will be a beautiful day, indeed. So, yeah, Revolution, I've already documented it. It was a great show. Uh, every match, well, except for I think maybe one or two matches were kind of, were kind of either botchy or were just spent. I think that, unfortunately, the women, uh, Chris Statlander and Nyla Rose, they got shafted hard. I mean, they had to follow that tag team match, and that was tough for them to do. But there were two spots during that matchup that I still am freaked out to this day where... Uh, Statlander does like a superplex to Nyla Rose, and it kind of looks like it got botched a bit, almost to the point where it looks like Nyla landed on her head or something like that. It was it was a scary deal. And then that uh, super uh, beast bomb, I think it what she calls it, or that super power bomb, she did the Statlander from the top rope. I was literally just like, oh, damn, that's uh, that's brutal. So that was stiff. It was very stiff. Um, so. Obviously, I didn't get a chance to do that much in the way of C2E2 except for Sunday, which was great because, as you see on Instagram or even on Twitter, you see the, a lot of the people that I made. The major shout-out go out to Channel Awesome. Got the chance to meet up with Doug and Rob Walker as Fretz gives me the giant little finger. Got to meet up with uh, Malcolm and even even Walter, uh, who is a, a who is a, who's associated with them and is a wrestling fan as well. He's actually done a couple... WWE related or wrestling related videos on Channel Awesome, and I said I said to him, would love to see more of that on on Twitter. Uh, so I might interact with Walter a bit more as time goes on. Maybe next year, you know, maybe get a chance to talk with him just a little bit more. 
Uh, mainly, I was just nostalgic over the fact that I got to meet uh, Doug and Rob Walter uh, Walker. And I will, I will, I will say this: best thing that came out of that entire experience was not only talking about some of the videos that they did, but getting the chance to meet Rob. And the first thing that came out of my mouth was, "Oh, it's the legendary Rob Walker." And Rob's just like. I don't know if I would go with legendary. <laughs> he's uh, you're not really being very much. He's just like I think legendary is a little too over the top, dude. It was it was funny. Um, got the chance to meet up with uh, Noel and uh, Frank the Clown, who are doing absolutely phenomenal. I actually did did establish a deal where I'm apparently like the number four man in Noel's life, which I'm totally fine with. I literally because it was basically like this. I said. Well, I, let me put it like this. Frank is number one. Your dad is number two. There's probably, like, one wrestler somewhere in there that's probably, like, a safe number three. I'm fine with being number four. <laughs> and Frank and Noel are like, oh, yeah, number four, that is that is totally fine. And they, they even, like, disagree with that. They were just like, oh, yeah, definitely. Because for some reason, they were just saying that uh, Noel was just talking about me. I don't know if it was either, like, at, you know, Revolution or if it was just something like that. But I guess, you know, when it comes to, like, Chicago, it's like, Oh, I wonder if we're going to see Nate, Nate the effing great here. See if that happens. Um, and I will, I will say this, that Frank did spoil one thing, thing for me, but I can't spoil it at all. I'm just going to say this. I may be meeting him again sooner rather than later. I'm just going to say that right now. So you have to, you have to wait and see. So the other, thing, the other thing that was kind of cool was that I got the chance to meet up with the Hurricane, who's absolutely amazing, and he... <laughs> Oh my gosh! I will say this: that when I had that uh, generic uh, world championship that uh, one of our champions, uh, Colin Brooks, has here in Frontline Pro, awesome champion, by the way. Um, it's it's really funny because he basically was just I was just he was uh, Hurricane was just asking me about it, and I was saying, well, it's kind of like a generic championship. And Hurricane's just like generic championship, man. When I was little, we made championships out of cardboard. <laughs> just. Oh, you should have said that, damn it. Oh. Uh, but he allowed me to hold his championship, and I dubbed myself Nathan Two Belts at that one moment. Um, it was great. But I also got the chance to meet up with Mighty Molly. And what was cool was that I got the chance to actually hear a story about the WrestleMania 18 deal, where you know she knocks out Hurricane with the frying pan, gets the hardcore championship, that kind of deal. Uh, she tells me the story about how she uh, actually, about what basically happened, you know, afterwards where she was supposed to get hit with the door and blah, blah. Apparently, I think that was like a two-take deal, if I remember correctly. But the first take that they did, uh, they did the whole, you know, slamming the door do- door deal. Uh, this wooden door was not hinged on properly. So this door actually kind of fell on to her, the top half of it. And one of the uh, sh- shards, I believe, actually jabbed her right in the leg. And unfortunately, this is kind of one of those things where it does kind of confirm a bit of what you know WWE is kind of doing. And that's the fact of them, of them kind of not exactly taking too good care of their people. Because as soon as they, they know that, it's a, they're like, oh, Molly, you okay? It's like, yeah, I'm totally fine. Okay, can you do this again? And she's just like, okay, yeah. So she does it again. They at least fasten it on this time. Uh, and I actually said to her, I can just imagine you just just saying to uh, the referee, when he asks a question, like, Molly, Molly, are you okay? You just, you just whispering, 
I got stabbed in the leg. How the fuck do you think I'm feeling? <laughs> she, she got to check out that. And I, it was awesome to see Mighty, Mighty Molly. She is genuinely a sweetheart. She is great. Uh, the major main event that took place after that was getting a chance to see four AEW stars, one of them being uh, Joey Janela, who is still a radical dude. I got the chance to meet up with uh, Penelope Ford and Kip Sabian. I uh, got to meet up with Dar- Darby Allen, who is very, very calm and very chill in person, which I dig. I think that's actually kind of cool. It kind of does reflect a bit on his personality that he presents in the ring. Uh, almost, to a, almost to a point, because of the fact that you know we've seen him go on a skateboard and literally try to kill Sammy Guevara within the first couple minutes of the match, <laughs> which that moment was awesome. Uh, and then I got to see, <laughs> I got I got to see your boy MJF, and for some I will say this: this was one of those things that threw me off quite a bit, because I still have the visual in my head of him, you know, just mocking me, taunting me, doing that whole deal from Starcast, and yep, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I I've shown people that shit, and so many people are like, "Oh, that's you." It's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, what ends up happening is that, uh, I, I still love how, how the picture was kind of taken because this guy just took like three really good photos of literally, it looks kind of like a mini movie where MJF is looking at one side, then he slowly sees me, then he slowly sees the belt. It's almost amazing. And he just said, he says to me in a very calm, like professional manner, he's just like, Oh, did you work hard for that belt? You know, train hard. Eat your vitamins. <laughs> I'm like, who the hell are you? And why are you being nice to me? <laughs> this is weird. And I actually made a comment to him where I said, yeah. And I also tried to say a prayer that Cody would beat you last night, but that didn't happen to it. He's like, no. <laughs> so that was just absolutely phenomenal. I think that I'm going to really start uh, going to these C2E2s a lot more because I've forgotten how fun they were. I could have met so many other great people. Uh, Jason David Frank, Tommy, from Power Rangers, was there. Oh, man. I would have loved to have met him, but it was kind of one of those things where it was like I was on a mission to meet certain people at the conference. Uh, so many great people having a lot of great you know, costumes. Uh, I had so many people to, you know, asking me about wrestling things. Uh, even pe- And there's even people, there's one guy in a booth who actually tried to challenge me for my title, but then he looked at me and was like, oh, I thought it was like a New Japan championship. Never mind. I don't want that belt. <laughs> so, nice. so you asshole. <laughs> oh, man. But, you know, going to there is always fun. So I might just try to do something more with C2E2. Maybe I'll go back next year and do, like, the press deal like I did last time. Do the interview, which, which was great. That was fun. Getting the chance to interview people. Get the chance to, you know, talk about, you know, their costumes. Talk about, you know, what they like about C2E2. Stuff like that. That was just a great set of interviews. I still have those interviews. I still have the interview I had with uh, Nicole. Shout out to her, who we just kind of reconnected these last few weeks. So hopefully we get a chance to talk more. Um, It's just going to be absolutely... I was going to say, hook me up. (laughs) (laughs) Hook me up to C2E2. Dude, if you can make it to C2E2, I can definitely hook you up. Um, But yeah, C2E2 can be a fun event. I've heard stories about, you know, some people definitely getting, you know, shafted, getting the short end of the stick when it comes to C2E2. Um, there was even a, a friend a friend of mine uh, who kind of got shafted when it comes to a meet and greet. 
But, yeah, I, I try to focus more on the positives than on the negatives. But sometimes there's certain negatives where it's just like, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to associate myself with you. But so far, C2E2 has been good to me. So here's where it's going to be kind of interesting. Oh, and apparently more people are liking my photos. I don't know which one this one is, but it is what it is. Because you know, getting those photos and those videos up on uh, our on my Instagram, my personal Instagram, as well as Wrestleatic Radio's Instagram, it, it's just great to see you know the kind of you know effect that it has on people. There's so many people that have been like, oh, this is really cool, this is really great. Uh, I was saying to Fretz before the show that those videos on my YouTube page have been getting a lot of attention too, especially the Cody, John Moxley, and Jericho entrances because they're absolutely phenomenal. And it's really crazy. So, as I mentioned before at the top of the show, I'm celebrating five years as a podcaster. And I definitely do want to talk about some of the steps and the journeys and stuff like that for people that are very curious, you know, how did you get into podcasting? How did how can I get into podcasting? Stuff like that. Because so, so, some people could have relatable stuff. And we definitely can definitely talk about the fact that Anchor is the best place to do podcasting, to really set up. I know that you definitely have been a major spokesman for the Anchor deal. Uh, you you definitely do run a lot of stuff on uh, Anchor for Fretzelmania, correct? Yes, I do. And uh, I, I like how every podcast that you, you and I follow on Anchor has that, hey, Anchor uh, pays us to, it doesn't in Canada. So, <laughs> unfortunately, uh, your boy doesn't make money doing this, but Fretzelmania only gets uploaded maybe once a month. Although some of my Patreon stuff ends up there sometimes, but <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I have to credit who is it? Phil, because I think I was talking to people in the Rant with Ant chat. A, it'd be a, a, a year and a half ago now, so I was like, "Yeah, you should use Anchor." And I have learned how to use Audacity. And if you heard my um, Twenty Ball Salute ad a couple of minutes ago, you'll know that hey, I finally learned how to do background music into things and also in this week's Francis Fave 5 I managed to you know quit talking at MJF theme to one of my things and keep going so I'm learning but Anchor is the place I upload it all and and all that so it's it's a good platform it's free free 99 baby in the words of our good brother Ant <laughs> so yeah cheap, cheap plug for Anchor please sponsor me there we go so that's how most people do definitely get their you know start in podcasting. For me, it definitely came out a bit differently. So here's the funny story behind that is that when I first started doing the whole podcasting deal, I actually didn't do it through through podcasting. I actually did it via you know videos. And mainly it was like videos I would upload on Facebook. I would talk about Raw, SmackDown, stuff like that going into uh, wrestling. Um, I'd even upload some of those videos on my YouTube page, and they would get probably not that much in the rear reviews, and my friend Zach, Zach Hagenbusher, if you're listening to this, Zach, I still hate you, because you're not a wrestling guru, bro, uh, he basically made this comment where he said, well, if you're not really podcasting, it's not necessarily a podcast now, is it? Because during this time, he and my other friend Josh Yeager, shout out to Josh, uh, they were doing a show called a pro wrestling off topic where they would try to talk about current event stuff, but also they would go off topic as the title basically gives away. So I was looking into different podcasting deals as to what would be the best suited for me. And 
I looked at some of them to see, you know, which one was kind of easy, which one would work for my needs and everything like that. And, you know, process of elimination, Spreaker was the place that ended up being, you know, the home base. And it's still, to this day, the home base of where I do a lot of my podcasting deals. I still enjoy it. I mean, I do have to pay a monthly fee for it. But at the same time, I don't have to worry too much about, you know, having to deal with, um, excuse me, I don't have to really deal with, you know, any too many things that are complicated. It's just straightforward. I've been doing this thing on my on my uh, iPad and, oh gosh, that's funny. So, <laughs> my, my Instagram notifications just keep popping up and one of the comments I made on Instagram was my friend, uh, was my friend uh, Project uh, X Amazon. Basically, she's she was almost doing like I think this Captain Marvel deal, and I basically just said, "Wow, better than Brie herself." And she goes, "Aw, shucks." So, me being a smooth guy, <laughs> but no, that's kind of how it really started, and I tried to evolve it from there. I remember one podcast in the early stages. I actually did live during uh, dur- during like the d- before uh, Monday Night Raw during a Monday Night Raw deal, and I would talk to, you know, some random people, be like, hey, I'm part of, you know, this, you know, I'm part of this podcast deal, we have this, this going on, would you mind giving your thoughts? And sometimes people were nice enough, and then there were others that were just kind of like, eh, no, it's fine. Um, but no, it was actually really cool getting the chance to have that experience, and first year, super green. I will say that, I will, I will say that without, you know, with no shadow of a doubt. Uh, but, First year also turned out to be one of my better years, as I've mentioned before, because I was doing like interview after interview after interview, whether it was you know with SoCal Val, getting the chance to meet, talk to Larry Zabisco, meet, talking to Drew McIntyre, Angelina Love, Marty Bell, so many great people within that year. And I will also say, say this, you know, Robert Stone, definitely major shout out for giving the cameo, definitely check out cameo.com to get all of your wonderful needs for celebrity shout-outs, whether it's a birthday, celebrating anniversaries, and anything you want, just go to Cameo. It's awesome. Um, there was actually a time where Robert Stone would have actually been on my podcast in probably the early years. The problem was I couldn't get the payment out on time, and our schedules just could not link together. So it was unfortunate we weren't able to do that, but as Robert Stone mentioned in the deal, you know, it may be in the future, maybe he'll be on the show. In honesty, I'm okay with that. I'd be totally fine with that. And also, I do want to say something that's kind of funny about the cameo, is that he mentioned, you know, he was apologizing for the twins crying in the background. It seemed like as soon as he was doing the cameo, they just kind of, st- they just kind of stopped crying. They were pretty silent right there, because you didn't really, because you heard it, like, at the beginning, but... Then after you know he kind of got the ball rolling, you could barely hear the twins crying at all. So, major props to you, and also mad respects to you because now I know what it's like to have two screaming twins yelling in your ear and not knowing half the time what to do. Uh, I had to be- help babysit uh, the other day, and it was it was quite it was quite the experience. I'll say that right now. Twins, I love them, but at the same time. I understand why so many people just want to get this phase over with. Are they colic phase right now? Um, they're definitely more vocal in this phase right now. I there's sometimes there's I think that the other day for some reason one of them was like really fussy and we couldn't understand why. 
we just it, it, he was just crying and crying and crying. It was just like, what the hell? But you know, I love my nephews. They are just adorable. Uh, anytime they come over, it's just absolutely great. And it's always a situation where it's like, you know, I am blessed to have these two kids in my life because now I can finally actually feel like, you know, I can be a role model for somebody. And hopefully I can continue to do that for my nephews. But, I mean, role models, number one, are always going to be the parents. Number twos are going to be the, are going to be the grandparents, which include, which include my mom and dad, and I think the mom and dad. That's number three would probably be my brother-in-law. It's number. Hey, what do you know? I'm number four again. <laughs> Damn it all! Full hey, right. circle moment. Everybody, take a drink on me. <laughs> I'm <am> number four. <laughs> oh man, that I I kind of want that to be a T-shirt right now. That's. I mean, there's so many things that the, that has come out of podcasting, and definitely I will go into more details next time. Uh, I'll I'll even talk about you know the point where I felt almost burnt out, where I just said I can't do this anymore. So I will definitely talk about that. Um, I'll talk about that more in the next show. But it's time for us to talk about our game changer of the week, as well as the random question of the week, and. Oh yeah, that's right. I got game changer of the week this week. So, try to think of you know something that was a bit of a game changer. And in all honesty, even though this Sunday it's happening again and it's a routine deal, I have the elimination chamber as the game changer of the week because this was kind of the new generation of what the war games were back in the day, and it's put on a lot of really great memorable matches as well as memorable moments in wrestling history. You definitely have to, you know, go back and check think of the fact that, you know, there's been so many. But back when, you know, the Elimination Chamber was treated like a lethal freaking thing, it was insane what was going on with that. I mean you see people doing like top ropes up. The first Elimination Chamber match in Survivor Series two thousand and two was astounding. It was great. Uh, having, you know, guys like RVD just jumping off the top of the chamber onto Triple H, uh, where he actually did did mess up Triple H's throat a bit. But just seeing, you know, crazy moments like that and just feeling the impact that these wrestlers are fe- feeling. In a weird way, it, it is kind of one of those situations where, you know, you're not physically there, but when they hit him the chain, you're just kind of like, ooh, that's rough. That's, that's insane. Um... But, you know, going into everything else that they've done, they've introduced, you know, the tag team deals into it, which, you know, works out sometimes, works out not so much. Uh, they also introduced the women to this, and also this is a major shout-out to the uh, those wrestling girls. They actually do a retrospective on the two Elimination Chamber matches. Uh, there are some points where they do get a little off track, and they talk about uh, some of the build-ups to, like, yeah, the Elimination Chamber creates, like... Uh, they, they also mention, you know, stuff that happens at the Elimination Chamber events, but they definitely do, but I definitely do make the comment where I said, you know, adding the women to the Elimination Chamber match does add another layer to the matchup itself because now it's kind of one of those things where it's like, nobody is safe from this match anymore. For the longest time, women were probably watching this match thinking, you know what, I'm so glad we don't have to deal with that. And then when they made out the first one, it's like, Oh no, we're gonna have to deal with this. And even if it's that newly, cr- newly created elimination chamber that they have, where 
it's not you know not as you know as unforgiving as the original one, and I understand why they got rid of the original one because the fact that it was such a pain just to move around. Uh, you know, it's still one of those things where you know the memories are still there. There's still so many moments where you can just look at a pod and be like, "Oh gosh, you remember when Goldberg speared Chris Jericho through a pod?" Or do you remember when you know this person got sent through a pod? Or when uh, Lashley, when he was cool, he did that whole deal where he just took a table and he just busted up the top of the chamber pod in that extreme elimination chamber matchup. Just remembering a lot of these cool moments. And yeah, this is probably the only time you'll hear anybody reference the extreme elimination chamber in a positive note because that moment was awesome. Um, yeah, so I have the elimination chamber as the game changer of the week. It is still a barbaric, twisted matchup, especially if I go back and I watch some of the original. I was actually lucky that my first year in wrestling, I got to witness the third Elimination Chamber, and I didn't realize that. And then when I got done watching it, I was just like, holy cow, this match is insane. And, And still to this day, I will still say it's an insane matchup that I cannot believe people are willing to be like, hey, yeah, I'll do it. Or they're just... Being basically, to, or it's kind of like the Paul Heyman deal, where it's like, well, you know, I'm under contract with this person, therefore I have to do it. It's like, crap, I gotta climb that hell in the cell, do I? Well, that's where we got cherry picked. I'm deathly afraid of heights. Good luck, pal. It's like Vince, are you trying to kill Paul Heyman? That's that, that's that's a that's a story you'll have to listen to the uh, Talk Is Jericho podcast with uh, Heyman and Edge. It's it's a very entertaining story when he talks about his time. <laughs> In the elimination chamber at the at the uh, hell in the cell match, it was it was funny. But uh, Fritz, did you have anything that you wanted to add as far as you know the elimination chamber goes? No, not really. No, it's it, it is what it is. The the first one was really good. Uh, that crushed larynx spot that Triple H got. Ouch! Uh, almost friggin' killed him. Apparently. Um, and if I could bring up one memory of the Elimination Chamber, and it was the one where Edge lost in the first match. Oh, my and God. And then he came came out and took out Kofi in the last match and won, I think. But that was good. Uh, it's <laughs> overdone. It's overdone. I'm probably going to watch Sunday because I'm probably going to be bored. Uh, none, of, none of the Elimination Chamber matches on Sunday have any consequence to them. There's what? The women's one, which is a number one contender, uh, Shayna. Uh, isn't there like another one or an, or three chamber matches? If we get like more than one chamber match, I'd be okay with that, but the only other one that I know that they're doing is the one for the SmackDown Tag Team titles. Who's in that? Uh, the champions, Miz and Morrison, the Usos... Uh, I believe Heavy Machinery, Ziggler, and Rude. Um, oh, gosh, who are the other two? Ancient House Party. Oh, that's right. The Freaking A. God. Grand Metalik was in second place in the Cruiserweight Classic. Why is he not Cruiserweight Champion now? I'm pissed about that. Um, and the Forgot final And the final one was... Revival? Uh, oh, God, I wish it was. I have my doubts that it is, but I wish it was. Uh, either way, yeah, it's 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 that matchup. It definitely does kind of make you wish that they would have just done 
the number one contender match for uh, either the Universal title or for, you know, God, if they would have had, like, you know, the Elimination Chamber matchup for the WWE Championship, where people are just being like, oh, Brock's only doing these events. He walks into the Elimination Chamber and just kills everyone. It's like, okay, he can mark that off his list. Why, why did, why, oh God, why are they not letting me book for WWE? I could book better. Come on. I would love, my, my, my mania sucked, and it's better than the current one. <laughs> no, I 100% agree. Um, it, it's it's very sensational compared to the uh, dung heap that we might get at uh, Tampa. But at the same time, our, our, our general manager does point out the fact that, you know, the road to WrestleMania can still be fun, and we're, we can't really say that it's a horrible WrestleMania yet until the final bell, which... I can agree with. It's just the build-up right now is just not as good as what it used to be. <sighs> it it kind of gives that that giant sigh of just damn it. But anyway, we're we're trying to talk. We're trying to be more positive, and guys, we'll definitely be more positive next week as we will continue doing our game changer segments. Where you know the first one that we did was about brother, brother, brother. Uh, next week. Well, you just have to wait and see. Maybe we'll make the announcement on uh, Monday, what we'll be covering this week, so that way you guys can have something to look forward to. But before we go, well, might as well, might as well get the cheap plugs out of the way before we do the random question. So, of course, we've mentioned our Twitter, at Game at the legendary JF, at Attic underscore Wrestle, where you can check out us, as well as the Kings of the Rings podcast, as well as the Young Lions Perspective. Great podcast. Definitely check them out. Uh... As far as, you know, the Game Changer podcast, we are available on a lot of the same deals that uh, Wrestling Radio is, and also a couple extras on there. Um, whether it's, you know, on Spreaker.com, Anchor.fm, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, CastBox, there, there's a long list of deals. And that's one of the reasons why I love doing uh, Spreaker too, because it kind of does feel like we're, I'm basically doubling up the amount of listeners for people here, because then I can do it here, as well as the WrestleMania radio deal. So, have that going on, and it feels like there's double more platforms for us to listen to the Game Changer podcast. Uh, I can make this announcement that we will indeed be sponsoring uh, ACW Water City Wrestling Con. So, for those of you that are in the Oshkosh area, definitely come down to that show. It's going to be absolutely great. As far as what you know, the major involvement will be for the Game Changer, mainly myself, uh, that will be announced come next week because there's just a little bit of talks uh, with the ACW management about what's going on with that deal. So definitely don't want to go heavy into the you know details about, okay, what's going on? What are we going to do? Uh, I've done commentary for them, so maybe there's a chance I do commentary for them again at Water City Wrestling Con, which I'd be totally for. But we'll just have to wait and see when it comes up for that. Uh, you can also check out my good friend Mr. Fretz's podcast, Fretzelmania. Uh, whether he's doing new stuff or not, hey, that that is up to him. But definitely check out a lot of his recent content that he's been doing. Whether it's you know fantasy bookings, whether he's talking about reviews, whether he's doing watch along stuff like that, it's always awesome. Definitely listen into it; it's absolutely great. Um, we definitely talk a lot about you know some of the great friends that we have out here. Uh, definitely shout out goes out to the Rant. Uh, Ruth, Ruthless Aggression Podcast Movie Men Podcast Those Wrestling Girls A lot of great people That we have just associated with 
And also, I will say this, I actually did get a chance to listen to another local podcast here in Wisconsin, the Discount Podcast, where they kind of do uh, ramble about wrestling, but they also are, they apparently do a bit of drinking too, so it's kind of one of those things where it's like, wow, so this is really good stuff, but um, yeah, so definitely check out the Discount Podcast here here locally in Wisconsin, it's great. Uh, we may even do a partnership with them, you never really know. So we'll see how that goes. Maybe I'll get some more people joining the alliance that it that is WrestleLatic Radio, or just get some people joining the uh, Game Changer family. Whatever it might be, uh, Mr. Fred, did I miss anything as far as plugs or anything crazy like that? Well, if ACW needs someone to mop up the sweat, or if they need like a ring <laughs> announcer, or if they need like a ring announcer, or like a popcorn vendor. Uh, they can. Uh, I'll DM you my address so they can send the private jet. <laughs> oh my gosh! If if Swag if Swag were to do that, I would be so jealous. But at the same time, I'd be one of those things where it's like, dude, you're the best. <laughs> you're you're bringing a Canadian over to watch an ACW show, and it's gonna be the absolute. It's gonna be the absolute best. All right, so Mr. Fretz, I do believe that you have the random question of the week. So what have you got for me, my good sir? Okay, this one's a little fun. So, I told you about our <clears throat> significant snowfall. Oh, yeah. Which would be, which was actually a snow day for, for the kids up here. Tell me about your favorite snow day in school. Ooh, favorite snow day in school. Like, like what you did, like you found out that classes were canceled in in Oshkosh or wherever you went to school and you're like okay I'm going to do this and then you meet up with your friends or something you know in grade school I was never really like a social uh, person I had like very few friends during that time so as far as you know traveling that was never really uh, something that I would really do but as far as you know favorite things as far as uh, snow snow days went uh, I'll even give one for uh, for certain snow days when it happened with Walmart because there were certain days where the roads got so bad I was just like yeah no I'm not I'm not going anywhere uh, a lot of those days have been just you know relaxing playing video games you know doing uh, watching movies stuff like that getting a chance to maybe hang out a bit with my parents uh, every now and then with my brother ah, gosh I'm trying to think of like re- really good snow snow day that that really stood out. Uh, there was there was one time where um, me and my brother we tried to make like a makeshift snow fort from some of the snow that was actually piled up from the road. It's like you know how the snow plows like to just put all their stuff up in just like one area. We tried doing that with one of those with one of those areas there. Uh, needless to say, it doesn't really work out that well because it kind of almost looked like it was turning into like this kind of like a cave deal. So it kind of, it kind of almost looked like like th- like this. A lot of people can't tell what I'm doing, but basically, it kind of looks like a C. So you can imagine that you know science doesn't really agree with modern with certain architecture. So the more we dug in, the more likely we were probably going to end up having snow cave in on us. Mm-hmm. So in there, in there, I know exactly what you mean. So I think that there were some points where we did try to do like. Uh, like, like a hole in the middle of it and try to have it connect with the the sea, the sea cave, stuff like that. Uh, 
yeah, sometimes that worked out. Other times, not so much. But a lot of times when it comes to, like, snow days, it's just, you know, relaxing, getting a chance to catch up on movies, maybe catch up on series, stuff like that. Uh, yeah, so I will say I will say this. As far as snow, day, snow days go, it's not really hard to imagine what you could see me doing for that. So. Yeah, same, same thing here. Uh, I, I lived in a small town, not unlike this one, but my bus ride to high school was, like, maybe seven, eight minutes at, at the most. So I rarely ever got a, a snow day. I can probably count on both hands how many times I got a snow day from elementary school to high school. But one that stands out, this goes to my buddy Dave, you know, he's the guy whose basement I watched all the pay-per-views in during the Attitude Era. Snow's canceled, okay, so meet up at Dave's house, shovel his driveway. He had a big, long downhill driveway oh no so we shovel that whole thing get inside and and his mom like oh man she mrs caustic was just a absolute angel she was awesome we have like chicken soup and all that we're high school high school like chicken soup and all that our other friend meets up with us down the road we play risk and mario party nice all day all day uh that, that that was basically it. Then I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to trudge home and watch. It was probably Monday Night Raw or SmackDown, whatever. Or we fired up the PS1 and played SmackDown, uh, probably one of the SmackDown games. Uh, it, it, was, it was classic. We didn't get many. But I've since I've lived here in Grey Bruce, uh, there's like 20 every year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Snow, snow days can be very very predictable. And I know that there was... I, I will say this, that we actually did have one day... Uh, la- actually, no, it's going to be two years ago. But um, there was one day about two, year, two years ago where we actually had such, ba- su- such bad uh, cold temperatures. You know, I think it was like the lowest it got was uh, 50 below. It was that bad. And it was one of those situations where it was like, yeah, no, I'm not going anywhere in that. Because with me... I can get one glove on one hand. Unfortunately, for the other one, not so much. It probably runs a better risk of getting frostbite than any part of my body. So it's one of those things where it's like negative fifty below. I don't think so. I think we're just gonna stand for this. It's just it's not worth it. So I, I think that that was one day where I just literally just stay in bed. I had like three blankets covering me up because it was so damn cold. But uh, what, what, what's the lowest uh, temperature they usually get up up in your neck of the woods? I think by the time it hits minus 50, uh, it's like the same negative in Celsius. But the, the, the coldest I've been in, well, in Sobel is probably towards minus 30. But back in Cannington, this is probably going back around, well, you would have been a baby at this point in time. But it was probably minus 40. Celsius, um, Celsius. By the way, I don't know oh, what that Celsius, is in Fahrenheit because you silly Americans haven't gotten to the metric system yet. What's wrong with you? <laughs> no, no. The fact is, we got the metric system. We're just too lazy to convert it. To convert it. <laughs> yeah, it's like you, Liberia, and Burma. Literally, the only countries in the entire planet that don't have it yet. And in the words of Archer, he's like, "Huh? You think you would think that those two countries have their shit together?" <laughs> <laughs> No, that's very true. That's that is very true. 
There, there, I think there's a lot of countries that, that that think like, oh, we got our shit together, and then other countries are watching just like, okay, yeah, whatever you say. Hold my beer. <laughs> right? Then there's another country that's just like, uh, yeah, we got it all together. We're, we're fine. I, I still remember that one video of the guy who just, like, doesn't really downplay America, but basically just gives, like, a hard slap of reality of being like, oh, we used to be, you know, really great, but then we, you know, progressed this, and he talked about how, like, we're fourth in this class, in this class, we're fifth in this, we're this, and blah, 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 blah. It's one of those things where it's an eye-opener, but at the same time, it's one of those things where it's like, damn, you're just dressing down America hard. That's, that's rough. And there's probably some people that are like, that's one of the worst things that they could have ever done. You know what? You're just saying that because you don't know, you don't like reality. You like things to be fun and fancy and happy free, just like some people like to have all one opinion. But anybody who has an opinion of their own, it's like, damn you, tell. They got the pitchforks and for, and torches ready to go. It's like really, just whatever. Um, yeah, it is kind of. I think I think what's actually funny was that there was actually somebody that I talked to on social media earlier this week, where we were basically I just said. Said, you know, I'll just, you know, I'll, you know, I have a right to my opinion. I'll just disagree with it, like the way Deadpool would, <laughs> like when he was talking to Domino, where he's like, it's like, let's meet in the middle and say no <laughs> about his about her power of luck. It's just, it's a funny scene. Definitely check it out, you guys. If you haven't seen Deadpool two, then what is wrong with you? I don't know if we can be friends. No, we can be friends. That's it's just one of those things that I like for people to get because there will only be one Peter. Let's just say that right now. Yeah. <laughs> You're in. <laughs> All right. So, guys, we've taken up enough of your time. Thank you so much for bearing with us. And remember, these next few months, these next couple months are going to be absolutely phenomenal. They're going to be absolutely great. Uh, next month is going to be even, it's going to be crazy. Oh, my gosh. I mean, geez. Front, Frontline and ACW are going to have that their deals. Um, oh, oh, geez. I'm. WrestleMania is just is less than like five weeks away. Jeez, I don't even think we're ready for it. I, th- like I said, if Drew wins, I will consider. I will call that a complete success. I'll be happy. But if they screw Drew, I I'll be too heartbroken to come back to WWE. I'm sorry. It's just you just have to do one thing. This is like one of those deals where it's like this needs to happen. He deserves it. He's earned it. Let him be the champion. But we'll see what happens. Come a few short weeks, come WrestleMania, we'll have to wait and see. But this has been the Game Changer Podcast, guys. Thank you so much for inviting us into your lives. And we look forward to talking to you guys next week. It's going to be another fantastic show. Oh, boy. Well, emergency alert thing. Sorry. Well, the, the emergency is that this podcast is ending. No! <laughs> why? Why, God, why? He's been Mr. Fretz. I've been Nate the Effing Great. We're going to go save the world. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye bye. Let me in. I can climb the highest peak. I can stop the war. I can force the dumb to speak. I can lock the door. I can locate treasures lost. I can see the blind. I can buy no mind the cost. I can reach your mind. It's so hard to let go of the past Forever on my mind I never dreamed things could change so fast
Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details.